Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with me, your host, Stephen Wallace, for the latest episode in our series, What Was It Like To? In today's show, I will be taking you back to the first Men's Cricket World Cup with former Australian opener Rick McCosker, a regular guest on The Paddock and the Pavilion. Rick was part of the powerful Australian side who toured England to play the World Cup and the Ashes in 1975. The inaugural men's tournament featured eight teams in two groups, with the top two in each group going through to the semi-finals. One group comprised England, India, New Zealand and East Africa, while the other group included Australia, Pakistan, West Indies and Sri Lanka. What was it like to play in the first men's cricket World Cup in 1975? Um, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, hello. Good to good to see you again. But um, look, for me, it was very exciting um, because this was my first uh, first tour with the Australian team. And even though when we set off, our main goal was the Ashes, um, but before that, we had the World Cup, and this was us. So it certainly was new to me, and so it was all very exciting. And just to via Canada and then to um, you know to England um you know it was it was very exciting and I was certainly looking forward to it and um looking forward to visiting England um because um, well partly because my mother was English and, um I uh, had that connection and um, my father um was an air force was a royal air force um pilot in the second world war so I had a connection with England, so I was looking forward to visiting, but mainly, obviously, to play cricket. Well, thanks for that, Rick. I'd like to trace your story on the way to the final on Saturday, the 21st of June. You had only played, I looked up, three list day or one day matches before the World Cup started. 
And in fact, Ian Chappell had only played seven ODIs. What were your own thoughts on one-day cricket when you came to England? Um, well, again, this was this was all new to me, and uh, uh, I I was a bit uh, unsure as to how how I would go, you know, fitting into the Australian team playing a one-day game. Um, so I was a bit anxious to uh, yeah to get into it, see how we would go. So from that point of view, looking forward to that first game against Pakistan. Um, but we did play a one or two. Uh, practice games beforehand. I think we had a game against Middlesex at Lords, a one-day game before that, and we had a couple of one-day games in Canada on the way over. So they they were a couple of lead-up games, but didn't really prepare us for you know this first World Cup. Yes, I didn't know until I did some research. You went to to Canada and played matches in. Uh... Vancouver and Toronto. What was it like playing cricket in Canada? You lost one of the games as well. <laughs> yeah, look, it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, obviously, I'd never been to Canada before, and uh, it was fascinating. Um, really enjoyed a couple of days in Vancouver. Then we had a little bit more time in Toronto, um, and uh, where we we did lose a game. Um, we were playing on what they call uh, Koya matting. Which was completely um, foreign to most of our guys, although I had played on in my youth, uh, coming from the bush, but uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't conducive to um, you know good one day cricket that the boys had been used to. But and I think also there'd been a, some a fair amount of uh, socialising going on, and we were very very much welcomed by the. Canadian people and by uh, a lot of uh, expat West Indians and even an Englishman uh, who were there. And so it was a very enjoyable few days, but uh, we didn't play very good cricket that uh, that particular day. Quite a different preparation for a World Cup competition. Yeah. Yes, you can say that. And you'd played th- the three test matches for Australia against England when you'd beaten England in the winter, well, the uh, English winter, 4-1. Were you then, do you think, the best side in the world? Although it's hard to compare with one-day cricket, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. We felt that uh, we were the best test test, test team in the world. Um, But um, purely uh, one-day cricket were entirely untried and had no idea where we would fit in. Um, my thoughts were that uh, we, we were aware that the England team had been playing quite a bit of one-day cricket, and so we felt that they would be much more prepared and um, much more aware of the type of cricket that was necessary to play one-day games. So we thought that they would be the, um, yeah, the... Uh, uh, the, the team that we would had to we'd have to beat, and to see how they would play, um, that did work out in the end. But um, so we really didn't know how we were going to go, to be honest. And certainly I didn't. Uh, it's my first uh, first one day tournament, so I had no idea really what to expect. So it was was just interesting to with our lead up and our 
uh, our approach to it um, was a little bit uh, punt high and follow through, if you understand that that um, meaning. Um, we just to see how how we go. Hope trying to get off to a good start, and then we had a good, a very um, aggressive middle order um, lineup. So we would just have to sort sort of play it as it turns out and see how we went. And that that was our approach initially. Because England, English county cricket had been playing the Gillette Cup since 1963. The first ever mm. one-day international was 1971 between England and Australia. And, of course, a lot of the West Indians and the Pakistan players would have, were playing county cricket, so they were more familiar yep. to one-day cricket than Australia. Yep. yep, absolutely, and we were aware of that. And we knew that um, we, you know, we were behind the eight ball from, from that point of view in regard to experience. So, um, And we had a, you know, a couple some new players in the side um so yeah, it was all a, all a learning curve for us talking about the side one of the newer players in the side must have been alan turner who you knew well from playing for new south wales that's correct yeah yeah i um opened um, innings for new south wales a lot yeah sometime with alan and so we yeah we knew each other pretty well and uh uh, we uh, complemented each other in, because we we're completely different in styles. I mean, he was a left-hander, very aggressive, hit the ball very hard, um, which was probably um, not my style. So I think we complemented each other pretty well. Before the tournament, were there any special events similar to the like centenary test in '77, albeit that was two years later? Yeah. Yeah. There was, and again, this was very exciting. Uh, we were all, all the teams were invited um, to Buckingham Palace uh, for morning tea with um, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip and Prince Charles. And um, for me, this was just yeah, very exciting because um, my, obviously my mother was a monarchy, a monarchist from, from way back, um, but being coming from Derby. But for me, it was this was just a bit surreal. Uh, me um, coming from uh, a boy from the bush, you know, growing up on a on a sheep farm, it was a long way from there to uh, to Buckingham Palace in London. So it was all very exciting, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Um, we uh, yeah, and we met. Her Majesty and Prince Philip, and had had good long chat with uh, Prince Charles as he was then. So uh, yeah, and um, this is an opportunity just to also meet some of the other players in the other teams who we hadn't met. So yeah, it was a wonderful day. Um, we did uh, didn't didn't um, uh, we we had to. Uh, wait for quite some time for her to appear. So, you know, of course, the comment was typical woman, um, you know, keeping the men away, um, waiting. But anyway, just good to be part of that occasion and, and see what, what, you know, what we could see of Buckingham Palace and uh, and to experience the corgi dogs wandering around and, and just the... The, the the procedure of 
entering Buckingham Palace and, and what we had to go through and all that. So that was a wonderful experience. Of course, uh, Prince Philip, he presented the, the trophy, the Prudential World Cup trophy uh, on the 21st mm-hmm. of June. He did. Unfortunately, he didn't present it to us, but um, yeah, he was there. And of course, you know, we are, we're aware that he had a, you know, um, a big interest in cricket um, and um, we we didn't quite get that same feeling from Prince Charles, um, but Philip, uh, he had a good understanding of you know, what the game was all about and um, followed it pretty closely. Well, let's talk about the Australian World Cup programme, which began on Saturday the 7th of June at Headingley. We mustn't forget these are 60 over a side games. You're playing in whites. Mm. We've got red balls and we've got no fielding restrictions. And Australia won the toss and went into bat. So you and Alan Turner mm-hmm. went out to, yep. to bat against Pakistan. What do you remember about the, the actual first match? Well, again, it was exciting, but uh, and being at Headingley, um, um, a ground, a, a test match ground that I'd heard so much about, just being there was wonderful. And uh, being aware uh, of the noise of the crowd, and there was uh, obviously very few, if any, Australians there, but there was a whole lot of Pakistanis there, and uh, there was a lot of noise, a lot of uh excitement and so yeah it was it was a nervous time for us um but uh, well we did okay um and i remember the my first first sight of um majid khan uh pakistani open and uh, he had a tremendous reputation and i was interested to see how he batted um but uh yeah i can't remember too much about the game except that um I got some runs, and um, we I think we end up winning the game reasonably comfortably. I, I can't remember too much about the details, but just the atmosphere, the noise, um, and the fact that we won that was that was what impressed me a lot. Yeah, well, Australia won by seventy three runs, uh, two hundred seventy eight for seven. Uh, Pakistan two hundred five, and you scored twenty five and added sixty three with Alan Turner for the first wicket. Right, yeah. I, yeah, that's right. I thought we got away to a, a pretty good start. Uh, and that's, that was one of our big aims. Um, we didn't really know how quickly we should be batting or what, yeah, but our main aim was just to get away to a start. Because we knew that, um, with the Chapels and, and Walters and Edwards and Marsh, uh, coming in after us, there was plenty of firepower. So. We just need to try and uh, try and get off to a good start. Yes, because the Pakistan side, we've got Zahir Abbas, who said Magic Khan, Asif Igbal, Imran mm. Khan was playing some, you know, Safraz Nawaz, uh, a very good side. Great side, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so it wasn't easy to, I remember correctly, there was um, being headingly, uh, there was a little bit uh, in the wicket initially. Um and as as they would need to because it, it was a 120 over uh, game, so had to make sure that um, yeah, there's a little bit of moisture in the wicket that would hold together, which it did. And so it was a little bit tricky to start off with, but uh, we got through it. Were you aware when you were playing that there, there was three other games on that day? Because it's not like today, today where it's TV orientated. There was mm. all the four matches. 
uh, were played on that day. Yep, they were. Uh, yeah, we were aware of that, and uh, we were interested to see how the other teams went, um, and uh, and to see particularly England and West Indies because we felt that they were the yardstick, and uh, so we were interested to see how they went. But um, yeah, so we had to wait till the end of our game, obviously, to uh, to find out what happened. Well, the West Indies that day were playing Sri Lanka, and Sri Lanka were your next opponents. The West Indies easily beat Sri Lanka. You then played yep. uh, Sri Lanka at the Oval, yep. where you featured in a the, actually the largest opening stand of the tournament. You added 182 with Alan Turner, and you scored 73. Yeah, I remember that day well. Um, was a really, really good batting wicket. Um, a lot of runs scored that day. Alan batted. Yeah, magnificently. I just stood down the other end and watched him. He got a hundred, um, and I didn't realise that that was the the largest opening partnership of the whole tournament. But um, at that stage, again, Sri Lanka had a good batting side, and they they were a dangerous team. Um, and we knew that they, uh, if they got going, they they could it could be a problem. So we knew we had to score well in excess of three hundred to uh, be competitive, which we did, and then. Um, uh, yeah, Jeff Thompson um, caused a bit of havoc with their uh, with the Sri Lankan batting, and um, put a couple of guys in hospital. And uh, but beside, uh, um, even you know, beside that, they batted really well. They were courageous. They kept at it, and in the end, they um, I, I can't remember the st- statistics, but I think we might have only won by 50, 60 runs, something like that. They, they were really good and they really took it to us. And it was just the fact that uh, Jeff bowled so quick and so well that a couple of them had to retire hurt and um, and we got over the line. So, which was, you know, we're happy with that because it gave us, um, yeah, two matches, two wins and and a good uh, good strike rate. So we were pretty happy with that. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered the, the bit about Jeff Thompson because that was the first time English supporters had seen Jeff Thompson live on in these shores. Mm. And I remember that uh, we were aware there was a lot of um, press, English press, were focusing on the fast bowling and the fact that we had uh, Lillian Thompson and West Indians had about three or four fast bowlers. And so, and of course, Pakistan had uh, you know, a pretty good fast bowling attack. So, there was a lot of mention, a lot of press about would the fast bowling, uh, fast bowlers be a major factor in this tournament. And uh, so to a certain extent they were, but uh, I don't think they really dominated um, like they it was thought that they might. Although Jeff uh, Thompson obviously dominated in that particular game, but um, there was a lot of good batting from other other teams as well. So I don't think they fast bowling dominated as much as they th- thought they might. Just to fill in a few facts then, Australia 328 for five, which was a very big score, certainly in one-day cricket in those days, and Sri Lanka 276 for four. So a, a very, mm. very good effort from an associate nation at the time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of respect from our guys uh, for their... Well, their team and the way they hung in there and uh, uh, and and they, uh, they they really took it to us and which um, yeah which we gave them a lot of respect for. 
Your third and final group match was against the West Indies at the Oval on Saturday the 14th of, of June. West Indies won the toss and put Australia in. I, uh, you can't remember too much about this guy. Uh, you're trying <laughs> to forget know. now. I, I, West Indies won by seven wickets. Australia uh, all out yeah. for 192. Yeah. And I know we didn't get off to a good start. Uh, and I didn't uh, uh, didn't trouble the scorer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, caught Frederick's uh, bold Julian for, uh, for no score. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I knew there wasn't too many. Um, so... They uh, they have played us on that day, and uh, their bowling was good, and um, and we we obviously didn't um, didn't get a competitive total, so um, yeah, so that was obviously our first first defeat, and um, which took us into the semi final, but um, yeah, so then we had to travel to Leeds to play England in the semi final. Just going back to the game against the West Indies, one thing the game is always remembered for is um, Alvin Kalacharan, who uh, in one over, mm. and in those days this was a lot, he got 18 off uh, a Dennis Lilly over. Dennis Lilly, yeah. Yeah, he did. He batted beautifully. Um, yeah, he, he was a he was a tremendous player and our guys respected him a lot. Um, Dennis wasn't very happy at the end of that over, but um, yeah. Which is understandable after being hit for eighteen, but yeah, Alvin batted really well that day. But they had they had a good batting side and they batted all you know, right down, and uh, and a good bowling side. So um, we were aware that um, yeah, we just didn't score enough runs that day. You mustn't forget also that nineteen seventy five. We've got we've been talking about fast bowling. We've got no helmets mm. um, at that time. That's right, and um, yeah, so which made um, batting, particularly against uh, the speedsters, um, you know, Lillian Thompson made it uh, all the better be, because uh, without those helmets, um, yeah, it was a different ball game. Moving on then to the semi-final, quite remarkable match at Headingley. 16 wickets fell for 187 runs in only 65 overs. A real green top wicket. It was, yeah. What well, is amazing? Yeah, amazing game. And uh, yes, you're right. Batting was uh, was difficult. Uh, was a challenge. Um, overcast conditions. Um, at a Yorkshire crowd, obviously supporting the England team. Um, but um, and and we. Uh, in some ways, we were fortunate. I don't. I can't remember whether we won the toss or not. But yeah, Australia won the toss, put England won in the toss, and yeah. Yeah, we was asking them to bat. And um, yeah, we witnessed uh, probably the 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 best uh, swing ball that I've ever seen in in, in my life uh, for Gary Gilmore, and he was just absolutely unplayable. And uh, the English batting had had no real idea how to how to play him and I just was so thankful that England batted first and, and we didn't have to uh, to bat against that you know that uh, that uh standard of, of swing bowling it was just incredible. Um our fielding was good, we took catches, um, um so everything went our way until it was our turn to bat. 
Gary Gary bowled twelve overs, six six maidens, six for fourteen. At one stage, England were thirty-seven for seven, but they did make ninety-three in the end. Did you even think that ninety-three was going to be difficult to get? Absolutely. Yep, we did. Um, and so we were a bit frustrated at uh, at the latter order of, of um, the England batting that they, they put on that many because we knew it was going to be difficult. And um, so, and it turned out that that was the case. And I think we lost, we were about five down, six down, and we still needed 20 or 30 to win. Yeah, 39 and, for six uh, you, you, you were at one stage. 39 for six. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So you can say we were in a little bit of trouble, and uh, and I think think of those I might have got about twelve or thirteen or fifteen or something like that. Yeah, you got fifteen. You were four. You were the fourth person out. So you you uh, <laughs> you battled hard. Yeah, and runs were difficult to get. I tell you, and um, that that was difficult because uh, the England bowlers obviously knew how to bowl on on those particular conditions. And so we were struggling. And so so then, yeah, we were lucky to get out of that. And uh, it was just a, such a, a fantastic all-round performance from Gary Gilmore. And uh, I think Doug Walters got runs that day as well. And I think they they put on a partnership which um, got us home. Yeah, they added 55 for the, must have been the... Uh, uh, seventh wicket. Seventh wicket. You actually won by, um, you won by four wickets. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. So, and I just, you know, it was just wonderful to to see Gary's approach, um, which was his approach to cricket, generally speaking. It was a matter of um, he was going to try and get the English bowlers before they got him. So he was very aggressive, and um, everything went his way. I mean, we could have we could have been all out for fifty. Uh, but um, such was his ability, uh, but also uh, he rode his luck, and um, he that was that was the way he played cricket. And I'd seen him bat in similar ways uh, under other in other games and other circumstances. So I knew he could do it, but he had to have a lot of luck. And to get runs on that day, you needed luck, and he he rode it, and he. He uh, he won the game for us basically single-handedly. Yeah, Gary got twenty-eight runs off twenty-eight balls. Yep, and I think Doug Doug Walters got similar twenty or thirty something yeah, like that. Doug Walters got twenty, so yeah, crucial yeah. stand really. Absolutely, yeah. So anyway, we were obviously uh, pretty stoked with that because it got us into the final, and uh, and because we thought that England was was the yardstick um because they've been playing for a number of quite a number of years before we we got into one day cricket so we were very happy to have got through that game and uh, beat england and uh, were able to uh, go back to london as uh, and as finalists for the world cup so a week after you played the west indies at the oval you were back in london as you say for the final on Saturday, the 21st of June at Lords, yeah. Did you get no. a sense of how big an occasion it was? Um, yes, to a certain extent. Um, once we'd started, because, again, the noise was just horrendous. And um, 
the West Indian crowd. Um, they were just so so vocal, but so good. So um, understanding of uh, what was going on out there, and um, but obviously supporting their their team. Um, but again, um, they 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 understood the game, and uh, particularly the one day game, and. Uh, the atmosphere was was fantastic. Uh, just to be able to play at Lords and the ground being absolutely full, and conditions being being good. Uh, again, um, I know. I think I I didn't get off to a good start. I got seven, I think, something like that. Uh, and um, um, but. Um, West Indies batted first, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you put them in. But you had them in trouble. They were 50 for three. They were. And I just remember I was in absolute awe of the power of Clyde Lloyd. And I think Rowan Canai got half century, if I remember correctly. Rowan Canai got 55, yeah. Yeah, and he, he batted well. He had a couple of sixes. But Clive Lloyd, he, his innings, I think he, he got 100. Um but his his power was just awesome, and uh, I remember fielding on the cover boundary up the hill, and uh, he, he smashed a cover drive off Max Walker, and he got to me before I even moved. And uh, had it have been um, a meter or two either side of me, I, I wouldn't have been able to stop it. But just his power was just awesome, and. Uh, uh, and I think I, I can't remember how many. I think we got Viv Vivi Richards out fairly early. Um, so I thought we had think we thought we had a chance, but um, Clive uh, batted just so well and and so much with so much power. Um, it was just awesome. Talking about Clive, he got 102 off 85 balls, strike rate of 120. That would be good, even in these days. Even now, yeah. That was a big score, 291 in one-day cricket in a final. Yeah, it was. And it was, yeah, it was a, a big, big target. Uh, and we knew that we would have to bat very well, um, as well as we possibly could, to uh, to win this game. And the fact that it was a final and uh, we're batting second, um, had this big target. So the pressure was on us the whole time. And uh, so you'll probably mention the um, the fielding and the runouts. Um, e- each time we put a partnership together and, and looked as if we we're going to go go fairly well, um, somehow or other, Viv Richards would run somebody out. It was just an amazing uh, um, performance in the field from Viv, and. Every time, every time we look like putting a partnership and getting on top, we lost a wicket, and uh, so that that was the way the innings unfolded. And we just kept putting a partnership together, kept losing a wicket, and it just kept going on and on. And so the pressure was building up all the, all the time. Exactly, you read my notes here. I put every time Australia got going, there was a there was a run out. There was five run outs, three three by Viv. He ran out. Ian and Greg and Alan Turner. Yep. yep. And in the end, it got to Australia with 2-3-3 for nine. And yep. then Dennis Lilly and Jeff Thompson finished mm. up adding 41 for the for the 10th wicket. Yep. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was an amazing partnership. Um, we was a bit unexpected in a way because uh, and just the way they went about it, um, they they were convinced that they could win the game and and um, both having fairly large egos, they wanted to to show the rest of the Australian the batting side how fast bowlers could you know could score runs and against this uh, West Indies attack and win this game. And so that that was their uh, that was their approach and we just you know we just didn't believe that they would um they would get anywhere near but then it got down to um 30 to go and then 20 to go and we thought this is ridiculous they can't do it. And then uh, then I think they must have thought, well, we we can really do this. And then once they start thinking that, that was their downfall. Uh, so and I think they got to what about seventeen? You lost 17 by seventeen runs, yeah. Seventeen to win. So yeah, all um, all credit to, the, to those two guys. They they really batted as they'd never batted before, and uh, and almost won the game for us, but. Um, in the end, uh, the West Indies were, were too good and they, they were deserved winners. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an amazing scene at the end of the game. It was almost dark because it was around, I think it was around about 9 p.m. at night. And uh, and we, uh, and, and at the end of the game, the, the, the ground was just overrun by West Indians. And uh, it was an amazing scene. And so uh, I think they had to clear the ground a little bit to allow um, Prince Philip to uh, present the trophy to, to Clive Lloyd. Um, but, yeah, look, an amazing scene. It was an amazing game and uh, an end of a very exciting tournament. But uh, I remember thinking at the end of the game, we, we drove out of Lords around about midnight and we reflected that we got to the ground around about eight thirty, nine o'clock that morning. And so it was a pretty long day. Uh, and, you know, 60 overs uh, batting, that's 120 over a day. Um, it, was, it was a long day and um, we were totally exhausted by the end of it. When you look back now, 48 years later, how do you reflect on being part of history, the first, mm. I know it was a Prudential Cup, but the first ever World Cup? That's right. Yeah, look, it was wonderful to be there and to be part of history. We would love to have won that game, but to have actually got to the final where no one really expected us uh, to to get that far. We weren't, yeah, we weren't expected to, uh, to, to, um, to, to go play out of our... Uh, out of our first three matches, but uh, we did, and we won the semi-final, and we got to the final, and got to within seventeen runs of winning the the final. So, yeah, we, we were disappointed, but um, looking back and reflecting, we were. It was just a wonderful experience to be there and just to play against a uh, a brilliant West Indian side and play in front of uh, a wonderful West Indian crowd. Uh, at Lords, it was it was a great day, and um, really enjoyed it. And uh, we look back on that, um, you know, with with fond memories. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, and I, I just wonder how, how this current um, World Cup is going to go. Um, whether who I mean, who will win? Who will play well? Who will get to the final? Who will play well? Um, I have a fair idea that India will be in the final. Who they play, uh, it's a bit hard to tell. Uh, the Australian side hasn't um, hasn't performed all that well leading up to it, but anything had happened in a, in a World Cup as we showed in in, in 1975. Um, you know, we weren't expected to um, to get to the final, but we did. So anything could happen. Um, it will be exciting, but um, there's an awful lot of awful lot of cricket to be played. Um, Home advantage it, can play a big part, can't it? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, and and I think uh, and Australia has won uh, a few World Cups uh, over the years, um, but this particular thing, India has got a wonderful um, ODI team, and playing it uh, at home, it's hard to see them getting beaten. Uh, I know England have got a good, um, have got a good side, good uh, good ODI side, and got some very attacking players. Not sure how their bowling attack will go against an Indian um, Indian batting side, but um, it'll be interesting to uh, to see how, see how it plays out. Just going back to 1975, the the only World Cup before Terry Packer changed one day cricket forever. Really, when we had mm. night cricket, coloured clothing, and and white balls. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting. It was different. Um, yeah, look, to a certain extent, even though it was called one-day cricket um, and there was a different connotation because of that, um, it was almost normal cricket because it was uh, played with a red ball and we had white gear on and so it was almost um, yeah, a, a, a shortened version of um, yeah, longer cricket. But obviously, uh, it uh, it reverted to a lot more than that once uh, once World Series cricket started. Well, thank you very much, Rick, for sharing your what was it like two moment. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. There was yeah, good to uh, to think back to that to those times and the memories. And it was a long time ago, but um, that's one thing about this game of cricket: you always have the memories and of what happened. And those you played with and against, and um, you'll always have that connection with those guys. So, yeah, it's wonderful to, rem- to be reminded of that. So, thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.